of Elder Emos. I'm your host, Samit. I'm Autumn. And on tonight's episode of the Elder Emo Hours, we are hanging out with half of the incredible talents behind After Dusk. How are you guys? Doing great. Doing awesome. Good. Well, like I said, we are very, very happy to have you guys on our show. Um, We've been trying for a long time since you popped up on our Instagram feed. I immediately was like, I want them. I want them on our show. (laughs) Um, And the stars finally aligned and here we are. Here we are. I know, right? Well, we're happy to be here. We're happy to uh, be talking with y'all and uh, we're excited to get into it. Oh, absolutely. Well, the way that we always love to start off our interviews and everything is to get kind of the, the normal formalities out of the way. Uh, so go through and introduce yourselves to our art, to our artists, to our listeners, <laughs> to our listeners. Um, who are you guys? How'd you meet? What's your story? How'd you get the name? Who is After Dusk? Gotcha. So uh, my name is Matt Boykin. Uh, I'm the vocalist. And I'm Jeff Griffin. Uh, I'm the drummer. And the story behind After Dusk is pretty, it's kind of simple, but it's also a little bit convoluted. Convoluted. <laughs> so um, previously, we were actually two separate bands. Uh, the other three guys were in a band called Outlast the End. Uh, they're a three piece. And I was in a band. Like post-hardcore, like yeah. terrible music. <laughs> <laughs> I was, was our first band in high school. Yeah. And I was in a band called Falling Falling for Insanity. Uh, I was just the vocalist. Well, I met these guys like at a Taco Bell in Mississippi. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And Um, that's why we all have Taco Bell sauce packet tattoos on our ankles. We do have that. (laughs) That's Uh, amazing. It was right before we were playing a show together that night, but we never met each other. uh, And it was really funny uh, as these guys were playing. (laughs) I was sitting uh, Even before that. We were like. We were inside the Taco Bell, my band, like the rest of the guys, and they're in the drive-thru, and like, you know where there's a wall, and then there's like a window, like past the wall in the drive-thru, like you can see the cars coming by, well, I just see a head pop out from behind that wall outside, and it's Matt just like looking at me, and I'm the only one who sees him. And he leaves, and I turn to the other guys. I'm like, "Did you see that? Is that was that the dude from the other?" They're like, "You're crazy. I don't know what you're talking about. There's no one there." <laughs> so that was my introduction to this guy. Well, we pulled up in the driveway, <laughs> and I saw them through the driveway window, and I was like, "Hey, that's that band we're playing with tonight." Hold on, and I got out of the car, and I just peeked around the wall, and I'm Jeff. As soon as Jeff saw me, I was like, "Good, disappear." <laughs> <laughs> so that was our introduction to each other, and then when we yeah. played the show that night, we were like, "Oh, we we like." this band like we want to play more shows with them and they thought the same thing and we just kind of became friends and eventually you know the stars aligned and we were able to uh create a brand new project that we're super proud of uh kind of went through covid uh with the whole rebrand took two years to write a bunch of music uh pick a new name and like basically start all over again with something fresh Mm-hmm. Initially, these guys, so the guys that were playing with me in Falling for Insanity, uh, my guys started slowly, like one by one, falling out. And so one guy ended up leaving. And then uh, 
Chris, their, uh, their front man and guitarist was like, well, I'll join. So he was in both bands and then our drummer left. And then Jeff was like, well, I'll, I'll join and be in both bands. And then it was just Corey that was left. And then they were, we were all just like, let's just be a new band. Like we were just like merging. And so we did. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the story of that. The story of the name though, was literally that we were just going to be falling for insanity at first. And we started writing this new music and all of us were like, okay, this is hands down the best stuff we've ever written under any project. And the old music for this project's out there. And none of you guys were involved in the writing of it. It's only like three songs that we released. So we were like, let's just start over. And instead of releasing this under FFI, we need to do a new band name. It took us like, we spent a year and a half trying to come up with a new band name and we could not think of anything like no, like nothing. And then when we finally started going out to record these songs that we had written with uh, our producer, Jonathan Delise, it hit us. Like we got like a hundred ideas in one night and we couldn't come up with anything we're, for like a year and a half. Yeah. We were just sitting, like we were out at the studio. We were sitting next to the pool after like a day of recording and we just started throwing around ideas until one of them stuck yeah and Corey, our bassist uh he actually came up with the name after dusk um it's it's a silent planet reference yeah, away like we really like planet silent planet. planet and i think he was like scrolling through spotify and he saw that song of theirs and he was like that would actually be a badass band name and i like all of us instantly were like okay drop all the other ideas we had that's great we love that i think this that sums it. us up yeah that's yeah. it so we went with it now, I, I want a, a clarification for me, because obviously social media puts everything as one full word. Is it one word or is it two words? It's one, one word. word. Yeah. Okay. So is one word, because I was mm -hmm. definitely referencing it as two for a while. And then I was like, I don't think it's two. No, uh, there's like other a, things. There's like a Norwegian, <laughs> like old classic metal band with like two word after dusk that was like from the 1800s or something <laughs> like so no, they, they still make music but they're like i think they're just like a little garage band like they released their music and yeah. yeah so that was the only one we could find so we're like we'll just do the one name thing just make sure like we don't yeah. get sued or anything like that. <laughs> right. that i mean that's smart that's smart yeah um so talk to us about your obviously Autumn and I have already done a blind react to glory and mundane. So many emotions, so many different <laughs> ways to go about that. Um, but talk to us about your brand new EP that's coming out because that's a huge thing for you guys. So was this something that came out of the, like out of the pandemic or is this something that's been after that? Like talk to us about that process. So before it's kind of hard to remember all the songs that we started before and after because we only wrote maybe like five songs or had like the structure of like three to five songs during the pandemic. And then we went to go record them with Jonathan Delise. And like I said, we thought we were going to release those under an, a different project. Um, and then we were like, no, why, why stop at three songs and release an EP under this name? We need to completely start over and rebrand and not just release three songs we need to release a whole ton of music and so after we recorded with jonathan we we're like we're going to hold off on releasing this stuff we're going to go ahead and schedule more dates and we're going to come back to the studio again to record more music um so we've got a between now and then we've got to to keep writing so we wrote stare at the sun right after we got back yeah literally right when we that got back day from the studio. after we got back from the studio me and chris uh actually like 
he's my roommate so we get to ride a lot together Perfect. um so right after getting back from the studio he was like i got an idea let's just go for it and we wrote that song like one night right after getting back from the studio right right so yeah mundane came a little while later too uh when did we go to the studio was it like I can't even remember. It was like December. Yeah, I don't I don't remember. September. It was last year when we went to record the rest of this stuff. But after we went went there for the second time, started recording some more music, uh, we ended up with 12 songs. And we were like, okay, we don't want to just dump 12. Like, no one knows who we are. We're actually, at this point, we had not even debuted the name After Dusk. So we had like a music video. We had two music videos already filmed, a whole record completed, finished, and the, we weren't even a band yet. So we have an Instagram account. So. Right. So we wanted to figure out how can we roll this out properly where we get in front of the most amount of people as like quickly as we can. And you're not going to do that if you just drop 12 songs into the ethos and right. no one knows who you are. Like it's, it'll be wasted. So we came up with a plan. And we're like, okay, this is basically a record. We're going to leak this out slowly, but surely throughout all of 2022. And with each release, put enough, you know, like marketing dollars behind it to get a little more people and a little more people and a little more. And we're going to put a music video. Well, we decided to split it into four EPs. So there's going to be a music, at least one music video for each EP to basically get some attention before the EP comes out. So yeah, so all this, this will be the third EP that comes out, but all four are related and they all kind of have a bigger picture about them. Right. That's why they all have the, the similar, uh, the album covers so but yeah we uh we dropped become of me which was our first music video in october we did that one early just so when the new year started and we dropped the first ep we already had some some people listening because we had like we had the locals listening of course we were other bands yeah um so we had a little bit but yeah as soon as we dropped that music video and then an ep and then it just kept going it basically yeah. has equaled if you like what we're doing, no one goes more than like a month and a half without getting something new. Like it just keeps going. And so by the end of this year, we will have gone zero time without releasing new music. Yeah. And it's been a pretty good strategy so far. Well, that's also uh, that kind of leads into another conversation that we love to have is because that whole idea of how you just described how you've been releasing and releasing and marketing and things like that is the one thing that social media is grasping on right now to yeah. especially put your music in front of new people. So like when you're talking about, oh, I don't want to drop 12 songs or drop an entire album because it's not going to do as well, but dropping the singles is what's giving you that consistent buildup and putting you in front of all these different people. So we chimed into you guys and were you guys were brought to our attention when uh, Love is Dead dropped or uh, yeah, Love is Dead, that one dropped. That's what got us hooked on you guys because that's what popped up on our feeds. So I don't know where in timeline that happened because then it seemed like oh, not too long afterwards, Stare at the Sun was coming up. Yeah, right. so that was the single from our second EP uh, actually. And okay. I think I think you might like this because uh, you mentioned earlier before we started, like you do like VFX makeup and everything. Mm -hmm. um, so when we filmed that music video, that was actually in a uh, abandoned haunted hospital. Um, what that was that was used for like a Halloween like uh, haunted house walkthrough. So when we went in there, it's an abandoned old like 
clinic hospital with a bunch of props and a bunch of like fake dead bodies and like scary shit everywhere <laughs> and it's dark and we got to go in there and film a music video for like eight hours so and what was funny is like i'll get lost <laughs> Right, right. What was funny is there's all these props and everything. Like, I think there was like a Chucky doll somewhere that looked extremely freaking scary. Just like there was all these props. But our whole thing was we were like, we just want the natural like feeling of like decay from the building. So we had to pick areas where they hadn't decorated it to look like Halloween because we're not like, yeah, I love Slipknot, but that's not our, our vibe. You know yeah, what I mean? Right, not, right. Right. Uh, so but yeah, that was really funny. Uh the, the best it was in mississippi where we did it we're from alabama so it was about a i forget what like the city hour was. And a half. It was about an hour and a half away two yeah. hours but uh our uh video guy aaron berkshire is he's he, i love him to death he's a little wimp and so as soon as he got here he was like <laughs> oh, you no. guys he's like you guys found a great location i freaking hate it here we've got to shoot this and get out <laughs> <laughs> He's like, this looks so sick. I hate it here. <laughs> I was going to say, because looking, looking at that video and everything, you would never know. Like, it, I mean, yeah. it looks like it looks just like an old abandoned building in the video. So right. you're telling me that it's like a it was a haunted attraction. I'm like, there's right. no fucking way. Because normally was... those parts are like condemned and you can't get to them. Right. Those old buildings. So yeah. no, we well, we got in touch with the owner because Matt and his wife actually went to the haunted <laughs> walkthrough like for Halloween. And they're like, he was like, yo, I got an idea. <laughs> oh, actually, <laughs> you know what? Now that you mentioned that, yeah, we were in the studio in October because the way I even discovered that place is we were gonna be in the studio for two weeks. So I was there for one week and then came back for the weekend to be with my wife. And she was like, hey, I want to go to this uh, haunted uh, walkthrough thing so we can do something fun before you have to go back out for another week. And we drove all the way out there with their family. So, you know, it was roughly like, like we said, an hour, 45 minutes, two hours. We get there and she starts to not really feel that well. And so... We ended up going through the walkthrough, but we kind of had to rush it and try to like get out of there because she just wasn't feeling well. And she was like, she's just like apologizing to me. Like, I'm sorry, I ruined her afternoon. And I was like, no, you didn't. Like we, we had a lot of fun, but then vice versa. She's like, I feel like I wasted it. And I was like, hold on that. I saw a location that you, the walkthrough passed up completely. I just mm -hmm. like saw it while I was in there. And it was that giant wall with like the, the square tiles, like, like the, yep, those translucent ones. Yeah. I saw that and I was like, hold on a second. I got out of the car and I went to the area because you can see it from outside. And I like peeked in through a hole in the glass. And I was like, this wasn't a waste at all. Who's the owner of this place? <laughs> and so she didn't have a lot of fun because she didn't feel well, but boy, did, did we get something cool out of it? Because I was like, yeah, yeah, we're shooting a music video here. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. And I'd see, I, I love that. Like, I love that stuff. I am, I am also very much a wimp, ironically very much a whim but like those old abandoned hospital buildings haunted house things like thrive love those oh yeah we, we should probably like uh release some of those behind the scenes videos like because i have a bunch of walkthrough oh, yeah. videos just looking at crazy stuff on there we'll do some reels on yeah it. we should have did that yeah, i was gonna that. say that that would be dope i would I would watch them, obviously. <laughs> um, I'd say because I uh, I went to Penhurst Asylum in Pennsylvania, and they do the oh, same type of okay. thing where they have like the haunted house in all of the original structures. 
most terrifying thing I've ever done in my entire life. <laughs> Stands down. Because like it's like you just go there and you just feel that it's not okay. Like it. <laughs> and I also had like a really terrifying experience, not just in the haunt, but like just on the grounds itself. So I'm like, you know, like right. I need to reassess my life choices sometimes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, that's exciting. Like again, you guys have a lot of really cool things coming out. The fact that you're you were in respective bands prior to this, and then really this project after dusk came through relatively recently as far as releasing music's yeah. concerned i would have thought you guys have been doing this for a long while as after dusk and then now you're sitting here telling me no and then i see that some of your singles only came out in 2021 i'm like what yeah it's, it's yeah. all of this is about two years in the making i would say because we when covid hit we were like you know we we, we knew that what we'd been doing in our other projects just wasn't meeting the level of quality and the level of just everything that we wanted. And so we came together and we're like, all right, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it. Yeah. So we played our last show before COVID in March of 2020. And after that, we didn't play another one until what, 2022. Yeah. We didn't until this year. Yeah. We didn't play anything until we, we knew that we had everything lined up so that we could just bombard the internet with, with music all the time. Cause we have a lot of friends that are just like super, super talented. And I've, I've, uh, there's been a couple of them where they make something really great, but this stuff takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of effort. And when you're juggling family life and your job and everything, it's really hard to, to keep it consistent. So like we've had friends drop something that's just a bang or something really awesome. And then they can't get anything out for like you know, almost over a year. So it's like, how long can you last on a single? Yeah. And so we knew that we can't, we can't do that. So let's just, before the world even knows we exist, scheme for like two years. <laughs> That's and then smart when, though. Yeah. And then we yeah. debuted the name and then it, I think our music video, our first music video came out like a couple weeks later after we debuted yeah. the name. So so we previously mentioned before we started in this and then going through the blind reacts and everything that we get a lot of Lincoln Park vibes, Matt, from your voice, especially Chester Bennington <laughs> can definitely hear Thank it. R.I.P. But uh, talk to us between both of you guys individually, as well as as a band, like what are some of your major influences behind the music, like artistically? Yeah, it's funny because you're wearing a Lincoln Park shirt. Right I now. I am. This is like a meteora. Like Did you know that I had sent that message like three days ago about Lincoln Park? Did you already know that? That's why you uh, wear the shirt. I did, and it didn't even occur to me. I just love this shirt. <laughs> I was like, I feel like this this was also a scheming thing. I can I can sense it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, Lincoln Park is a massive one. Absolutely love Lincoln Park. Um, Let's see. There, there's just so many influences that we could pull from, and like, I grew up listening to uh, more like the new metal, like metal in the the mid 2000s. So like, growing up, I listened to a lot of Three Days Grace and Breaking Benjamin. Uh, I love like Red, Red and Skillet, uh, like stuff like that. Um, but then probably towards like as I was gonna graduate high school, like I, my main influences were like Old of Mice and Men. Uh, Memphis Mayfire, uh, just stuff like that. And then recently, you know, we just have an infinite number of, of influences. We love things like Spirit Box and, and, and Architects and, you know. Yeah, so we, 
all of us kind of have different influences. Yeah. Like Corey, our bassist, for example, he's a pop punk guy, hands down. Like he just loves all the stuff and he brings that to the table. Chris, our guitarist, really loves North Lane. Um, and like North invent Lane, animate. Invent Animate, like all of the techie stuff that's just like insane to play. And he always like challenges us when he brings us like a crazy riff and I have to write something to it. <laughs> and then for me i think i'm the one that's always pushing for like more breakdowns and just heavy like kill your like like kill everyone vibes he's alpha wolf and alpha polaris wolf, like and... polaris all, all the heavy stuff like I, that's what i like i love all that stuff too though I, I i'm kind of the one that just likes all of it like i absolutely love all of it but, nice yeah so it's it's a good mix of all the different things yeah but, yeah. but also, like, outside of metal, we still listen to a bunch of other stuff, too. Like, yeah. I really love Nothing Nowhere. Like, I, I like, good. you know, Post Malone. Um, What's, like, uh, I was listening to Little Big and uh, Oliver Tree on my way over here. <laughs> like, so just everywhere. Like, yeah. we listen to about everything except for country. Like, <laughs> one of my favorite bands is uh, This Wild Life. There. Have y'all ever heard of them? I love, yeah. I love them. Yeah, I do like a little acoustic side project called Stress and Espresso, where it's basically just me and I just do like acoustic stuff. That's so and, clever. Uh, y'all go listen you. to that. Like, it's it's insane. He's He has such a pretty voice to have such a nasty voice. I was going <laughs> to say, such a pretty voice to be so angry. <laughs> I've, only, I've only got two songs out, but like, that's the... Like the other side of me, like one part's like super angry and the metal stuff, but then I love like the Goo Goo Dolls and This Wild Life and stuff like that. So the acoustic songwriter stuff. I mean, it's always good to have your hands in, in something that's always a little bit different because then it doesn't make your current thing that you're doing boring for you. It keeps things interesting because you've got something to distract yourself. Um, right. Yeah. And it's always interesting to hear like where everybody is as far as our influences are concerned because like we've had so many artists that are like, um just as an example we've had artists that have come in there like super pop punk but they all came from like death metal backgrounds <laughs> and i'm like how like how is that a thing yeah uh, well i mean i kind of get that to a point because i kind of went the opposite way like i didn't listen to metalcore until my sophomore or junior year of high school like i grew up on like classic rock like kansas and boston and triumph and like iron maiden and stuff like that and i didn't really get exposed to that until yeah like halfway through high school with like august friends red parkway drive and everything and i didn't even like the screaming i just thought the drums were cool so i wanted to play them and i was gonna then... say i i think <laughs> i think that's also a drummer thing because yeah. i i am also a drummer and that's like oh, the nice. same thing that i did like i was very much like classic rock acdc uh acdc judas priest all of that growing up when i was playing before diving into everything else and that there's a lot of other drummers that have said the same thing so i'm thinking that's a drummer thing <laughs> yeah well I, I don't know like was your were your parents musicians like is no. that how you got into it you just kind of got into it yourself i'm the one what? outlier in my family my entire family <laughs> is a bunch of country rednecks and electricians and then i'm the artsy person <laughs> so i don't yeah. know where i came from maybe i was switched at birth we're not sure yet <laughs> Yeah, see, I, I was really lucky because my dad was a drummer too and he was like in bands and everything. So I grew up with it. I was playing drums as soon as I could hold drumsticks. So I was really lucky to be like pushed into that by that. Um, 
and have like supportive parents that would let me play very loudly and accidentally punch holes in the drywall with my drumsticks. <laughs> <laughs> so, which that actually happened. Dang. But See, like, I was always the one like Brittany, who usually does our interviews with us too. She and I were in a band 15 years ago and when we were in high school and I would always throw my sticks at her because she was always, <laughs> she's the bassist and she was always in the way. So if somebody pissed me off, I would just throw them at her and they, she still remembers that and still gives me shit about it to this day. I, I love that. Cause I was in, I was in marching band in high school. I played snare and when I was my junior year, I was co-captain. So I got to kind of like, you know, lead a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we had what was called the hacking stick. And it was basically <laughs> a broken drumstick that we put uh, like foam covering over and wrapped in like duct tape. And if anyone was playing when they weren't supposed to, I was allowed to throw that at them as hard as humanly possible to get them to stop. So like, <laughs> Oh, I showed no mercy. I didn't give a pattern yeah, to it. I would, I would be like back ready to yeah so that that has to be a drummer thing too (laughs) i think i guess that is a drummer thing it's got to be a drummer thing i'm learning so much from other drummers doing this podcast i'm like (laughs) oh what i did it's not too far off okay um but asking influences leads us into a question that we always love to ask every artist that comes on our show it's been warranting some great responses um the first question to figure out how old Autumn and I are in relation to the two of you is, do you have, did you have MySpace back in the day or know what MySpace is? I did, um, but also I came from a very protective family. So like, I didn't have a lot of like access to the internet unless I was at someone else's house. This is before the days where you had it in your pocket. So <laughs> yeah, I did, but uh, I don't know that you did. I did. You did? Uh, I, I, I was in middle school and I got it for the first time, but I got it as it was kind of Crazy like right show. before Facebook dropped. So okay. I got really, okay. really excited about it and it was amazing. And then everyone left. Oh, <laughs> yeah, my uh, I, I'm still pissed about that because I'm like, yeah. MySpace was so much better than Facebook. Which, yo, like, my old one had the background. It was just the background was Jack and Sally. And you went on my profile, you heard Comatose from Skillet come on it, it, instantly. <laughs> you can't do stuff like that with Facebook. Yeah, and, and we were just talking to uh, to our friend today, actually. He sent us a video. Um, and it was how TikTok is the new MySpace for musicians. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So when it comes to, because we'll, we'll talk more about the social media aspect of music and things a little bit later. Um, but the reason why we ask about MySpace is obviously, because uh, Matt, you just kind of brought to our point, you know that MySpace, you had a profile song on your profile. Yeah. Um, yeah. And your profile song told everybody anything they ever needed to know about you. It didn't care what else was on there, who your top eight was. It was always your profile song. Right. So a question we love to ask is if you had MySpace today, what would your profile song be? Ooh. Oh, that's so hard. That's really, <laughs> that's really hard. I would be changing it every day. Yeah, it would change. It would change all the time. If I just had to like put one on there that just like summed me up though, where I'm just like, okay, what's your first first pick? Like, I guess I would go with um uh lying from you by Linkin Park. Predictable, but I would go with uh probably Akudama by Alpha Wolf. Okay. 
Okay. You answered a lot quicker than I thought you would. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, they've been very uh, active lately. They have a split EP coming out um, here pretty soon, and I'm really stoked on that. <laughs> I feel like we need to create a playlist of just all of the artists' MySpace songs. Why haven't we done that yet? Do it. Hey, do it. Why haven't we That'd done that? Yet? Just thought about it. Um, because it's warranted some great responses as well. Like uh, the home team, Brian, their lead singer, stated that his his song back in the day when he had it was "Got Money" by T Pain. Like <laughs> 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 it, it was it was hysterical. Um. So as we also mentioned before, we love to ask some random off the wall questions um, and things for you guys. Cause again, we want your fans and everything to see you guys outside of the music and see like your personalities and things. Cause we can, we can love your music. We can stream your music, but everybody relates to you more and supports you more if they know who you are outside of it. So Autumn and I have some random off the wall questions that we love to ask that transitions into um who is most likely to questions where you guys can tell us of the band who is most likely to do something or to not do something um but the first question we ask in every single interview so we had the guys from friend circle who's a band out of jersey had them on the show they were like the third interview we ever did and of course us being new and nervous we don't want anybody to leave our podcast and like hate us and be like god that was the worst thing i ever did so we asked them after the fact, like, hey, how was it? Was it good? Was it not good? Like feedback. They're like, yeah, it was great. You didn't ask us any like random weird questions that would have made it awkward. Like we have in previous interviews. And I was like, okay, so like, what are those questions? You know, because new podcast, you want to avoid those. Right. <laughs> mm, yeah. Well, we asked the question because it gives great responses. <laughs> <laughs> so Autumn, do you want to take it? <laughs> sure. Um, if you could be any sandwich, what sandwich would you be and why? Ooh. You're going to just be a meatball sub, aren't you? <laughs> I don't You go first. I want to be one of those like sandwiches that rich people buy for like millions of dollars because they laced it with gold because they're stupid or something. <laughs> <laughs> a gold plated sandwich. Got it. Because you crave value from others. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, like I'm just basic. I like turkey and mustard and like tomato and, and lettuce on my sandwich. But yeah. You got to toast the bread, though. Bread has to be toasted. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I would say I'd be like a classic club sandwich because I have multiple layers um, and I don't just have the top layer. There's a little, you know, deeper. Uh, He's like an ogre or an yeah. onion. <laughs> they have layers. Why do all of our interviews always go back to Shrek? Shrek. Every Li time. <laughs> Life circles back to Shrek. It I does. And SpongeBob. Mostly SpongeBob. Mostly SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so then keeping on the sandwich train, though, uh, an argument that myself, Autumn, and Brittany have consistently is think of peanut butter and jelly, okay? Are yeah. you a strawberry jelly or are you grape jelly? I think I'm a classic grape jelly because it's like one of the only yeah. times where I ever like grape any, like I like both strawberry <laughs> and grape jelly, but je like jelly is the only time where the flavor grape is acceptable, period, to me. 
But yeah, you have to go mm. further further than that because I'm strawberry 100%. Like I hate anything grape flavored. It is the bane of my existence. I avoid it at all costs. But yes. at the same time, you also have to ask yourself, crunchy or smooth peanut butter? Because that is equally important because I'm a smooth peanut butter guy. Me crunchy. too. Smooth. It depends. It mm-hmm. depends. I like them both, but I'm a crunchy man. I will say like... Let- a couple weeks ago we made some like no-bake peanut butter cookies with crunchy peanut butter mm. and they were actually pretty good that, that does good sound good crunch. yeah yeah so then again also keeping on sandwich question is a hot dog a sandwich i would say no. in the technical sense yes but societally no <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, we weren't getting political here. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Touche. We live in a society. But yeah, I know. I don't think so. That's That just kind of made me like set a shiver up my spine to think of a hot dog as a sandwich. It's like, <laughs> oh, just wait. But no, legitimately, I was at Buffalo Wild Wings yesterday and they have this new like, it's a hot dog bun, but they have like a chicken tender in it. And it has like a bunch of weird toppings and it's like a, like a chicken dog or whatever they call it. (laughs) What? It's so weird. That reminds me of the thing Taco Bell did like a few months ago where they were just sticking chicken tendies in in a wrap and like, they were like, like, and you know what? I, I kept coming back for it. I was like, this is a trap, but I don't care. I like Taco Bell. (laughs) It's Taco Bell. Obviously it's good. Like, Taco Bell is a completely different thing. It doesn't matter. They could sell hot dogs and it would still would be good. Hey, that's actually funny you said that. Did you know that Taco Bell started off as a hot dog vending restaurant? Like the mild sauce, the mild sauce was made to go on hot dogs, but they didn't do very well as a hot dog place. And so they're like, well, let's try tacos and the tacos work. So they just abandoned the hot dog thing. Yeah. So were they originally hot dog bell? Uh, no, I don't know what they were called. I don't know what they were called, but that's just what I what I read online was that they originally were just There's a hot no dog way. place. There's yeah. no way. That's what I heard. I might be wrong, but like that's I read that, and they were like let's the mild Google. sauce was made for hot dogs. Let's let's do it right now. We have the technology. We have the technology. I, like, I have I have so many questions now on Taco Bell and hot dogs. So many questions. I'm going to feel like a total ass yes. hat if I was wrong. I was right. Says yes. Taco Bell was founded by Glenn Bell, an entrepreneur who first opened a hot dog stand called Bell's Drive-In in San Fernando, California. Yep. And the like I heard the mild sauce was made to go on the, the, the hot dogs. But okay. But it goes so good on ta- tacos. Now my question is, is the mild sauce the same recipe? Because if that's the case, I think we need to try hot dogs with mild sauce to see what this guy was on to however long ago can confirm it's good that's <laughs> <laughs> like i've tried it i've done it i'll save you the trouble uh, yeah the second, the, the second that i learned that was a thing i was like i've always got mild sauce somewhere on me like in my yeah. fridge or whatever yeah. and i made a hot dog i was like yeah, it works it was good <laughs> well now i have to try this i'm curious very curious i'm the one with the mild sauce tattoo like he's got diablo but i got the mild sauce tattoo so oh yeah that was that was my question when you guys said you had the taco bell tattoos like do your little sauce packets also have the little sayings on them as well did you put little sayings they do they do every every saying is real and if you let's just 
I don't know what the other ones are. I know mine's Diablo and it says break the rules. Yeah, mine is mild and it says uh, it only gets hotter from here. <laughs> then I don't remember what Corey's Chris, and Chris's Chris says. Chris is Verde? No, no. Chris Chris got uh he got he got hot. I think hot was was Corey and then Chris got fire. Oh okay. I think uh, we actually have a buddy of ours, uh his name's Cody. He uh, used to be in my old band as a guitarist mm-hmm. um, and he was like there all the way up to the ba- basically the very end. And when we got them, he also shares the love for Taco Bell with us. And so we all got these Taco Bell packets. And then for his birthday, I was like, all right, but I'm going to get you a tattoo. Uh, and he wanted to get get in on the, the sauce packet thing. So he got Verde because he got the discontinued sauce packet since he was the discontinued member of the band. <laughs> my god <laughs> i can't so great yeah it's pretty perfect yeah. we i know that i think one of our stories on instagram like our um we have a story where because like taco bell saw yeah, we, we posted about it on twitter yeah we posted all the pictures of the of the tattoos and taco bell made an ad out of it <laughs> they yeah. posted it on their instagram and- yeah you can go find it on an it's on like one of our instagram story things where it's just like stuff or like cool stuff and you'll see like where they made a whole like thing out of all of our tattoos yeah i was gonna say do at this point i feel like you guys need a sponsorship from taco bell <laughs> that's what we're gunning for man like we, we even on, yeah we did a photo shoot in taco bell once <laughs> yeah it's it's just, it's just highlights is what the highlights call just highlights and the first yeah. thing will be the thing from taco bell it's all of our legs <laughs> just all of our legs all yep. of our sauce packets that are on our legs yep yep um, so another thing that we love to do that we've actually just started implementing in our interviews is to play the who is most likely game with all of the artists on here because it tells us a lot about you guys a little bit outside of the music but also you guys as a band so we've got a couple different scenarios we're going to run past you guys um, and we want you to tell us who in the band this would most likely be so all right all right um who is most likely to back you up in an argument, even if you were wrong? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I think I think the last part throws us for a loop because if we know one of like each other is wrong, like we'll we'll call each other out quick. <laughs> yeah, like we're we're pretty honest with each other, like. I would probably be like the first to back somebody up like in an argument if I think they're in the right. But like if you're my friend and I think you're like totally wrong right now, I'll be like, yo, bro, like you might be being an asshole or so. You know what I mean? Like I'm just yeah. going to be honest with them because like I care about you. So I'm not going to lie, lie to you on that, you know? Yeah. So yeah, okay. that's a toughie. That's fair. That's fair. Autumn. Um, who is most likely to forget to return a borrowed item? Me. I'm <laughs> most likely. He forgets everything. I'm most likely to forget everything. Time. If you're about to go anywhere with me, make sure right you now. know where my wallet is and my phone and my keys because I don't know. They just they walk off. I guarantee <laughs> you, when we leave here tonight, he will say two things. Uh, where did I put my keys? Where is my wallet? Did I leave this in the car? <laughs> yeah, I, I forget stuff all the time. It's it's. Oh, that's so great. So then. Who is most likely to mishear song lyrics? To mishear song lyrics. Mm-hmm. I purposefully like make wrong song song lyrics for our like songs <laughs> just to piss everyone off. 
I, I, literally after we got the final mix of uh of stare at the sun it was just all of us walking around going, we always stare at your mom like we just like <laughs> just like missed hearing our own lyrics the whole time like yeah but i i like uh did y'all ever do y'all know who jared alonji is uh, i don't think so he he's basically like i mean uh, he did a lot of content a couple years back on, on just YouTube. all this music from our scene. And he would do whole videos where it would have like the album art of a song and then it would play a section with a, a misheard lyric. And then he would put like uh, a, like at the bottom what the misheard lyric is. And you're like, I can not unhear that now. It's just yes. like, it's ruined so many. It ruins yeah. so many songs like Parkway Drive had like 20 misheard lyrics. <laughs> and it... oh, I'm not a... surprised. There was an attack attack song where Caleb is saying, he's saying, I, I'm never going to give up hope. But like the way he says it, it sounds like he said, I'm never going to give a poop. And like, <laughs> I just hear poop now every time I hear that song. <laughs> yeah. There's oh, so God. many that are like that. And I, it, it kills me and I love it. But there's always got to be one person that mishears lyrics all the time. And that's me of the three of us <laughs> on the side. That's me. And I will like confidently at the top of my lungs sing it the wrong way thinking it's the right way and then i'll go and like see him like see the artist or something live and then i'm like i've been a fake fan my entire life like right <laughs> well what's see, going now, on now more than ever it's easier to know what it is because you have lyrics that pop up on spotify and apple music and mm -hmm. you know you're able to look up stuff a lot easier so it's yeah it's a lot easier to get people to know what you're singing about i think that's good too because like we don't have kind of like just lyrics that don't mean anything we like write about some pretty heavy stuff sometimes so it's, it's yes. good for people to read it and you know be able to connect in that way yeah, yeah. i love that spotify added that function because i was this close to switching to apple music because the the sound quality is better but i like the interface of spotify better and then they added the lyrics thing and i was like just just update your dang quality of give of me one good your listening quality day. spotify please <laughs> no doubt yeah okay um who, who is the most likely to scream in the middle of a horror movie chris chris is terrifying <laughs> okay so that would be time. me i'm scared of everything we we got two really really good stories for you on that front um so when we were in our old band, Outlast at the End, we had this ongoing joke because every time you would look up our band name, Outlast the video game, like it's like a jump scare horror yep. game would pop up and it would be the ending of the game, Outlast the End. So our stuff would never pop up. So we, we thought, hey, why don't we just do like a live stream? It's like Outlast the End playing Outlast until the end. <laughs> and Chris Clever. would never get on board with it because it terrified him. <laughs> And one, one time we went, uh, there's this place near our house that has a graveyard, like an old, old, old graveyard in the middle of the woods. And it's in like a state park type thing. And yeah, so you can't drive to the, the graveyard. You have to drive to the park, then walk into the woods, go deep into the woods, and in. then you're in the graveyard in the middle of the woods and me and matt went out there one night and we we're like oh this is creepy and cool like we gotta we gotta show like some friends you know like take them out so we went out there came back a couple days later like a couple days later we took chris out there because we thought it'd be hilarious yeah and to set this <laughs> to set this up we brought chris out there 
we were just out here walking these trails and everything. And Chris hates spiders. And the whole time we were like, Chris, he's like, I don't want to be around those spiders now. Yep. And we were like, bro, there's no spiders. We were literally just out here the other night. We walked these trails. When I tell you every two feet was coated in a spider web. <laughs> we were just there like two days previously. No spider web. This boy screamed. He was, <laughs> he was freaking out so bad. Like he was running into a spider web every five seconds, just screaming at the <laughs> lungs, running faster and getting more spiders on him. I am such an asshole that I was laughing so hard that I fell onto the ground on the side of the graveyard and started rolling down the hill in the middle of the woods at night because I could not like I just lost it. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. We love you. <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So he's definitely that should have been one. when you were recording. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's definitely the one. <laughs> oh God, that's so mean, but so funny at the same time. <laughs> I was so sure. I was like, "There's no spiders, bro." There, 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 was, there was there was only spiders. They migrated. That day. <laughs> they just knew. They just knew that he that y'all were coming back. And bringing Chris with you that they were like, you know, we're all just going to come right. out right now. <laughs> right. Right. Um, who is most likely to hide a zombie bite? To hide a zombie bite? Yeah. Uh, hmm. I'd probably either be me or Corey. Yeah. I, I think maybe me. I'd be like, no, I guess everything's fine. Let's go record a new album. <laughs> it's fine. Corey. It's fine. I think Corey would actually just be like, hey, guys, I got bit. I love you. <laughs> We're like, <laughs> like he would just like take like, one for the team. Yeah, he's he's very kind hearted in that regard. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, Corey's like, he's he's the best because he's like super kind. He gets everyone gifts like on their birthday and all. He's this band stuff. dad. He cooks for us. He I was cooks. gonna say, is Corey oh. is Corey like the band mom dad type thing? Yeah. <laughs> like he he went to culinary school and he like. Oh no. Like, he will make food at all of, like, anytime we have, like, a music video to shoot or, like, we go to a cabin in the woods, you know, you know like, get a vacation or a treat or anything. Like, he'll always cook for everyone. Yeah. And it's just always amazing. His stuffed chicken is the best. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> I'm so jealous. That's awesome. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, who is most likely to face plant in front of a crowd? Probably me. I'm pretty clumsy. <laughs> I I need to get a like a, a cordless mic stack because I will just about trip myself up or like just kill myself on that cable up there all the time. So yeah, people yeah. Are like, why don't you go a little more wild on stage? Because I will die. <laughs> I will lose my balance and die. <laughs> I have I have seen this movie. I know it. I know the ending. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, who is most likely to get blocked by a celebrity on social media? Me. <laughs> probably. Quick answer. I, I know the answer. Yeah, probably. You but answer those the, if it's happened before. Of the No, but I did get into a fight with a prominent like tour manager. Uh if I said the band name, you'd know it. <laughs> but I, I made I, I made a, call it a fight. Not but... a fight, like we got, I made a post on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, I made a post on Facebook about uh, like how I thought it was stupid that some venues like take a percentage of merch sales. Um, 
and you know I've, we're, we're kind of like you know we're not into huge arena tours or anything obviously we're like a very small band starting out but that happens on like arena tours and everything well they'll take yeah. a percentage of the merch cut i'm like hey that's kind of stupid and like one of the tms like hit me back and uh, it kind of blew up on facebook <laughs> and i great. ended up yeah he ended up messaging me and like everything worked out like we got to have a really great conversation um but like uh, yeah like i'll just post stuff without thinking about it and then it goes viral i'm like why <laughs> <laughs> of all things why this <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, who is most likely to turn their house into a haunted house for Halloween? Me and my, technically my wife, cause we, our, my house is like the party house. Like we, uh, we shot a couple music videos a couple weeks ago where we like the set is my house and we, oh yeah. Dreamscapes was filmed in his living room. Yeah. Dreamscapes was filmed there. That really? was easy. Yeah. Yeah. That one was easy. The other one involved a lot of a lot of dirt and the bringing of mother nature into my home and <laughs> it emptying my home so we could replace the contents with mother nature. That's all I'm going to say about that. Cause this hasn't come out yet. Yeah. We bought like, what was it? Like 10 bags. So it's like, like 15 bags of soil, like hundreds of pounds of soil. Yeah. It was a lot. <laughs> so yeah, we, my house has seen quite a few transformations for Halloween parties and or music videos and all kind of stuff. So, but I will say Corey is probably the most into Halloween. Like, he has a black Christmas tree for Christmas and they have like Jack Skellington stuff and everything. Like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, he's uh, my house is decorated for Halloween all year round. <laughs> that <What>? is me. <laughs> yeah. um, who is most likely to pick up the phone in the middle of the night if you were to call? Hmm. Probably me. Probably because you'll be awake. I'm I'm an insomniac, so I I don't sleep a whole lot. So if you call me at like three a.m., I'll probably answer a lot more energetic than you are. <laughs> <laughs> it's like three a.m. You're like, hey, what's up, man? What's up? <laughs> always good morning on, on the pack. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Who is most likely to be on a reality TV show? Hmm. I think Chris would be hilarious on a reality TV show. I think show. he would be too. Because he has he has like a YouTube side thing. Like he has a YouTube channel. He'll do some like meme stuff and everything. But he would he would be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I hate the reality TV shows because they're not reality. Yeah. It's like the fakest shit. So yeah but our, our yes. old drummer did a reality tv show actually oh yeah 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 uh, really he's still like yeah so outlast the end our old band i was not originally the drummer i was the lead guitarist and we had okay. a drummer and his name's robbie uh, he's one of my you know like best friends so shout out robbie if you see this but uh he ended up leaving doing his own thing but he still drums and he got to do uh clash of the cover bands um and that was produced by jimmy fallon yeah and he <laughs> drummed for a lady gaga cover band on there on national tv that's dope got, got to fly out to la and all that got paid for it so i'm sure the footage of that's probably on youtube somewhere oh so. yeah it's somewhere mm -hmm. out there oh yeah. for sure <laughs> uh, guy but... drummond's our buddy 
Speaking speaking on this reality TV thing, when you were talking about Chris and the reality TV thing, I, it just kind of randomly popped in my head of how hilarious it would be if Chris was on the reality show Elevator. Have you ever oh, seen that? Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't I haven't seen that, but just by, based on the name, I kind of already see where this is going. Okay, so I don't know what that is at all. But when I when I hear Elevator, I picture like people being stuck in an elevator for hours. That's what I think of. Too. So no, so it's. It, there's these there, it's like it's two two girls that host it they're twins um and what it is is there's like there's a group of four people that show up they get into an elevator and there's four floors of a building and all four floors it's like its own separate haunted house type thing that uh, one person has to try to complete and if you can complete it and get to the last level that you could win like ten thousand dollars wow not and, worth you know, like, it that would be <laughs> great i would pay money to see chris on that so when you were just talking about that, the talk about reality shows, the first thing I thought of, and I was like, now that makes me sound like an asshole because I've never met Chris, but just knowing <laughs> it would be hysterical, I would think. Yeah. Hey, next time we're uh, on here, like if we get a chance to do this for the next EP coming up, uh, we should have yeah. Chris and Corey on here next. Yeah. Get the other half. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, so bringing back a little bit more to the music side of things, we've touched on this a couple of times in our conversation, but we've talked about social media and music and how TikTok is now the MySpace for artists and things like that. What are your thoughts on the way social media does play into music and artists and things right now? I have a lot of opinions on that. Some, a <laughs> yeah. lot of people do. Um, and so, so that, yeah, a lot of people have opinions on it, but at the end of the day, what each social media platform is, is a way to get your stuff out to a select audience and get your stuff in front of as many people as possible. And at the end of the day, that's what every artist should be trying to do. <laughs> so when you hear people, you know, whether you like TikTok or not, you know, as an artist, I think you should be making an account and at least posting your content on there. You know, <laughs> if you don't want to get creative or anything like if you don't want to do like actual TikToks, don't do that. Like post what you want to post and garner your audience there. But there's a built-in audience on TikTok, built-in audience every everywhere you go, Instagram, like they're pushing reels really, really hard right now. So yep. we literally posted a reel, uh, like a Rick and Morty thing. It was a stare at the sun meme. They got like 27,000 views in like four hours. Oh, me wow. off so it bad. Blew up. It blew up. My phone was going crazy, but like <sighs> consistency and uh, just making sure your stuff looks good. Like you can go a long ways with that. And it's just another tool in your belt to reach an audience that you want to reach. And everyone should look at it like that. I don't use social media personally, really. I just look at it as a way to... <laughs> Yeah, I just look at it as a way to promote, you know, what I want people to see. So mm -hmm. now do you, this is, this is, this has been a, asking this question in a bunch of interviews that we've done. The, the kind of caveat to asking that is, do you think that the way social media and everything is now is making a stronger fight for independent artists and everything to take back their music and have a say in their music without necessarily having a label? 100 percent okay yeah 100 percent. that's actually something that we try to help a lot of our friends and, and people in the industry to understand because there's everything today if you don't know something it's at your fingertips you can look it up and you can learn um 
it, you know, you can make every effort to go out and meet people that can take you to the next level, or you can make every effort to do that for yourself. And I think it's just made things a lot easier on bands. You know, it used to be bands just would just do world tours and or like tours around the country. And once you played that same city for the sixth or seventh time, now you have a little bit of a fan base or maybe you bought some billboards or maybe you got signed to a major label and they put you put a commercial on MTV or something, but you just didn't have that many options. That's why I think there's a lot of people out there with this misconception of the only bands that have ever made a living doing this are the bands that I know like green day or, you know what I mean? Like, like just insert biggest band in the world that makes millions of dollars. And they don't know that there are bands that are like, only a quarter or less than a quarter of the size of those bands that make really good livings and you've never heard of them but if they mm -hmm. play in your city there will be thousands of people to show up people act like those bands don't exist and it's because they yeah. like if i've never heard of them they obviously don't make any money it's like yeah. that's not true right right <laughs> right yeah i mean it's it's nowadays it's easier than ever to do it yourself the thing that sh separates like one band from another is pretty much like your willingness to commit to it at the end of the day because we have all of the tools and all of the resources to do it ourselves if we want to the question is are you willing to put in all the hours and not just be a musician but you got to be a content creator now and you have to you know be a marketing oh, yeah. guru now and mm -hmm. you have to be a booking agent and you have to do all of this stuff until you start building a team around yourself which we're lucky enough to have a team around us right. now where we don't have to do all of that. We have a graphic design guy. We have, you know, a lawyer and a booking agent and everything. So we've taken a little bit of that off our shoulders, but at the beginning, it's like all yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. I think, I think one issue that a lot of bands struggle from is they look at like all their favorite artists and the people that they strive to be like, and they're like, even if it's subconscious, they think I'll never be that level. So I will just settle for being a little bit under that or a lot under that. And so when you listen to their music, it's like you have a lot of a lot of talent and a lot of potential. This doesn't sound great. Who did who mixed this or who did you get to help produce it? Or your music video could have been epic, but like who made like because they're scared, they're like they're reaching the levels of people I look up to is impossible, but it's not. It's, it's a not. case of it's yeah. a case of are you willing to put in the time? and the effort and the blood, sweat and tears. And like we, all four of us, like we do not have money. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. we don't have money. We all four of us work day jobs just to keep the lights on and everything, but we're all financially dedicated to each other to make this thing happen. We all pull our own weight and we're not going to put any music out. If we're like, if I heard that, would I like that or what I think eh, that's a pretty good local band. Yeah. Like, no, I don't want to be seen as a pretty good local band. I want people to go, well, what label are they on? And then they'd be shocked when they find out we're not, we're independent. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And also like we're all, we all kind of help each other out in that regard where, you know, we'll, we'll help like post stuff on social media together. Like we'll pay for everything together. Like we're all in this together. And I think that's like, we're really lucky to be a band that actually is best friends. Right. And actually yeah. hangs out on a regular basis. And we're all on the same page when it comes to like what we want to accomplish. So. And that's rare to find in a band as well. Cause there's always, there's always one or two outliers normally yeah. that make it right. a little bit more difficult. So the fact that you guys 
have that and have found that sweet spot for you guys. That's really admirable. And that's something really good, especially to have early on, because then it's only, you can only go up from here. Like there's, there's nothing holding you back at that point. Right. Yeah. I couldn't imagine being in a band without my best friends. Like that just feels so wrong to me at this point. Same. True. True. Um, Now, also speaking of like these bigger bands and things like that, that, we've been talking about having the reach for some of those bigger bands is uh, not too far fetched the way that social media and everything is now. Cause you could literally shoot your shot on TikTok, and yeah. you're at a 50, 50 right. chance that it's going to happen. Um, right. That's that's what we've done with every single artist we've ever had on our show. We shot our shot and luckily, except for a few times, it's actually worked out and for some bigger artists as well, which almost made me had a stroke, but it's fine. Um, but when it comes to, having like the ability and everything to shoot your shot and have these different reaches and things like that. What are some, what's some advice or what's something that you would tell maybe another smaller band or something that's coming up or that are struggling to kind of like find their way in everything. What's some pieces of advice that you would give them? Consistency. If you post consistently, you have a way better shot at something blowing up. If you post once a month, you have one chance a month of something going viral. But if you post every day, you have 30 chances to go viral. Right. So posting consistently and making sure that your content is engaging and it looks good. So, you know, if you have like we have, we have an amazing graphic design artist uh, on our team. His name's Ty Trahern. He also makes great music. But um being able to come up with things that are engaging with people but also you know consistently that's the hardest part but if you can get that down and get everyone on board you know like you know we have a group chat we'll say who's posting on instagram today and we'll all take turns so being able to do it consistently increases your chances of just going viral we've had gained a lot of followers through reels and through you know tiktok and youtube so just being consistent with it you know just keep the content coming also you can't be afraid to invest money into advertisement because a lot of bands yes. will drop some fire ass song it's just something awesome that everyone should hear and they think it, this just spreads through word of mouth right like someone hears it they like it so they tell their it, it doesn't work that way sadly you've got to put it in front of people and if you're afraid to invest dollars into, you know, ads on on uh, on uh, Instagram and on YouTube and Google AdWords and things like that, no one's going to know your music exists. And then by the time, mm-hmm. like there might be someone that finds it randomly for whatever reason, once it's a couple years old, but at that point, it, it's a couple years old and you've garnered, you know, maybe a couple hundred plays, but yeah. you've got to be able to, to, to understand that the budget is important. You got to have marketing budget. Yeah, and and even, then even take like our first single, like become of me, it's less than a year old. It has like a few thousand streams on Spotify. It has like 8,000 views on the music video. Yeah. It's got like, we could put yeah. like we could put ad money back into that right now. It's less than a year old and there's 8 billion people on the planet. 99% of them have not heard that song yet. So there's True. still a market for it. Right. Even you know, like even it being like eight months old, like we could put marketing dollars back to that and have it fresh in front of people's faces. And you don't don't be scared to market stuff that you've released in the past as well. Right. You always get in front of new audiences. 
Now speaking, speaking on that same train, how do you guys feel, um, again, with being independent and having social media and things like that, um, how do you handle or feel about when you like looking at numbers? when it comes to the numbers of like what your songs and things are doing. Like, do you, a lot of, cause a lot of artists will look at those and get super discouraged very quickly. Cause that's everybody's all numbers, numbers, numbers. But what do you guys do to help kind of counteract that to still keep the vibe of what you're doing in your music and not letting that discourage you at the same time? We just make sure we're doing everything we can to always be moving forward. Like with every single release that we've made, we have like, you get like, for instance, like our first video has the least amount of plays on it from all our other videos. But that's because we released that video. We put marketing dollars on it. We got subscribers. The next one, we put marketing dollars on it. The people that subscribed saw it and we got new people and then they subscribed. And then it just kept growing and growing to when we released something new, more people were already paying attention, which was the goal. Um, And same thing for Instagram and stuff. Like we're just trying to make sure we never stagnate. We're always moving forward. And like, when I look at our numbers right now, like I think we've got like, we don't even have 3000 on, on Instagram right now. And our first song on Spotify is about to hit, uh, I think unholy ghost is about to hit 10,000 plays. Those are technically, those are baby numbers. Like they're, when it comes to the bands that we see as our competition, they're blowing us out of the water right now. Um, but we're also comparing ourselves to like the biggest bands in our genre. Right. Right. So, we, don't, true. we don't try to, we try to see, who we want to be and who we want to compete with on this level. Not that I'm saying music is a competition, but when it comes to, you know, like fighting for people's attention, like who are you going to listen to? We want it to be after dusk. And so we have to make sure that the people that the stuff that they're already listening to, we have to be at the same quality level as those bands for them to even give us a second thought and be like, why would I want to listen to after dusk? I have wage war or I have, you know, I have spirit box or name any big band in our genre. We've got to be on the same level as them. So we don't get discouraged that we're not there yet because we, you know, we just started, but we are constantly checking and making sure, are we moving up? Are we headed in that direction? Are we getting the comparisons to the right people? You know, and, and so far it seems like everything is, is going the right direction. So, nope. So good. That's a good way to look at it. Good way to see it. Um, so talk to us about, um, I mean, granted, we do know we have an EP coming out and everything, but talk to us about what's next for after dusk. What else can we expect that you're allowed um, to, that you can tell us that you're allowed to tell us. <laughs> so the third EP comes out July 1st. We do have another EP that will wrap all this up. That's going to come out this year with a couple music videos, um, past that right now. It should leave us with 12 songs, I believe, by the end of the year. Um, the last EP, I will say, is personally, and I think I think the whole band agrees, it's definitely the best one. Um, we saved the best ones for the very last. Uh, past that, next year, we're going to be doing a lot of work to get road road ready. Um, like we, we bought a bus. Uh, we're currently finding the funds to fix it up in between putting funds into promoting music and everything. So next year is going to be us hitting the studio again uh which we're actually going back to the studio in august um where we're going to be recording a couple songs um hopefully we can have some more material out late late next year um but as of right now the plan is just to write music and get ready to hit the road and do some touring in the states because uh at that point we'll have 12 songs out and it's not quite the same as if you dropped the record because while yeah we'll have 12 songs out 
three to six of them won't even be a year old, you know, whenever yeah. the first three hit their year anniversaries. So a lot of it will still be fresh, uh, which was the goal because we need to buy time so that we can we can do it again. You know. There you go. Now we uh, we have reached the hour mark as far as the interview is concerned. Um, but a one way that we love to wrap up our interviews and everything is we've already asked you to give advice and everything for other artists that may be aspiring and up and coming and things like that. But if you guys could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that be? Probably what I said earlier, like, like don't settle because you don't see that you don't see yourself as being able to acquire that level of quality or, or songwriting or what have it. Like you just feel like you hold these other people up with such high regard. Like I could never make art that good. And you can, you definitely can. And it, it's going to take you time. I would say don't stop. Like for one, like some people get really discouraged in the first couple of years. Like I'm, I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm 28. <laughs> I've been writing music since I was a teenager and trying to be like, man, it's just not good enough keep going. It's, it's not good enough. Keep going. Haven't met the right people yet. Haven't, you know, just got there, make it your goal that to get there and know that you can like, don't settle for being the best in your hometown. You need to, to think further than that and be open to taking advice because I'll say this, it's, it, it's actually kind of weird even getting someone, someone giving me the question of what, what advice to give someone else. Cause I'd be like, I've got some advice advice but what do you have for me because i all i want to do always is learn 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 so when someone has some advice for me please give it to me we're a small band we're, we're growing and i think it's working because we've been taking some advice from other people but by no means are we like the gurus we're we're, we're in this just like everybody else but yeah. i like i like using a quote by adventure time <laughs> it's <laughs> it's jake and he he was talking to finn and he said you know the first step to being good at something is being kind of bad at something so mm -hmm. uh, yeah. if i could go back to my younger self i wish that i didn't have all the knowledge that i did today when i was a kid because if i was able to market the music that i was first writing <laughs> like it was it was bad like we all start out making some bad music yes like, yep <laughs> you get better and you learn and you progress right but when i think about like where we are today we had just to zero people we had to you know grind it out and we had to write a bunch of songs to get to the point where we can write some good songs so it's all about progression at the end of the day like just because you're in one step of that don't get discouraged because as long as you're moving forward and investing in yourself that investment will pay off right right also also like good words of advice because I mean, it's true. You do start somewhere. I mean, Brittany and I, uh, the band that we were in was the worst Weezer cover band I think you could ever experience in your entire life. We could only play Beverly Hills by Weezer and it was awful. Um, where I want to be. Yeah. So Nightmare Before Christmas, you know how like Jack Skellington was trying to teach the quartet how to play Jingle Bells? Yeah. yeah. That was us. One and a two. <laughs> yes, that's, that was us. Uh, we have that demo and we were going to take that demo to our grave. So nobody will ever hear it. <laughs> Not we have fair. some doozies as well. We have a lot of doozies. Like we got, the, we have so many, like just funny, like one-off, like 
crazy weird stuff like me and matt have some like pop punk songs that we wrote just for ourselves just to you know mess around like we have some fun stuff that's and some really bad stuff that is hilarious to listen back on yeah we might we might do a patreon one day and just release all that stuff (laughs) chris would don't tell chris about it chris would rather die (laughs) we're not gonna tell him we're not gonna tell we're also not gonna tell him that we're gonna submit him in for elevator like yeah don't tell him that either just gonna leave it as is you know it's fine yeah um but again, we have reached the hour mark as far as the interview is concerned. So we want to thank you guys so much for coming to hang out with us. Uh, I'm glad we could make it work to get you guys on the show and everything. It's Yay. been a lot of fun. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we've been hanging out with some of the guys from After Dusk. They have a brand new EP that is dropping on July 1st. Granted, by the time this episode is out, it will already be out, as well as our Blind React to their brand new um, EP as well. Um, please go find them on all social media platforms. You can find them on TikTok, Instagram, Spotify, Apple, all of the different places. Please go find them, follow them, raid them with all the love, stream them, everything. And when you do, please tell them that the Elder Emo Hour sent you. Guys, again, thank you so much for coming to hang out with us. But Thanks we for are having the, us. Absolutely. We are the Elder Emo Hours, and this was After Dusk. <laughs>